Hey, I want to welcome you here to Big Valley Grace on Mother's Day and welcome to all of you over in the venue and I'm thankful for Rose and Claudia and Gretchen kind of representing all the moms over there and leading us over there. Thank you. And Christina and Heather and Crystal, thank you for leading us in, in here representing all of the, the moms. Welcome to all of you that are watching online and all that or listening on the radio. Everybody pull out your little note sheet if you're visiting with us. We put one of these together and you don't have to fill in the blanks if you don't want to, but if you have ADD like I do, it just kind of helps you stay focused a, a little bit and we provide one of these for you each week. And then we also have a daily meditation page that each day in the morning, at lunch, uh, whatever at night, you can kind of uh, stick with us on the topic of um, the message today. Um, afterwards, gonna have a great time with John Byron out on the uh, out on the patio last night. It was just packed. The fellowship was just unbelievable, and John will be out there after the second hour also. But I heard this uh, story <clears throat> about a uh, wealthy Texan man that each year gave his mom a, a very special and and unique and and really expensive gift on Mother's Day. Uh, one year. He had the uh, coach of the Dallas Cowboys actually go to his mother's house, knock on the door. She opened the door and there was the coach, the Dallas Cowboys, and said, you know, happy Mother's Day and all that. Another year he actually had a flagpole put in his mother's house and then he had someone uh, make the largest Texas state flag ever. And he had it flown out in front of, uh, you know, his mom's house. But this past year, he really felt like he had outdone himself. He, he purchased a rare, one-of-a-kind talking bird that could speak in five different languages and sing the yellow rose of Texas while standing on one foot. Okay, it, it was an unbelievable bird. The bird cost him $30,000, but to him, it was worth every penny of it. This was gonna be the greatest Mother's Day gift ever. So he purchased the bird and he had it shipped to his, his mom. Well, about a week after Mother's Day, he called his mom and said, Mom, how did you like the bird? And his mom responded, oh, son, it was delicious. It was just delicious. <laughs> I, don't I don't even know what that meant. <laughs> I read that this week and I just, I giggled. I was just in my office giggling. Uh, listen to what God himself said in Exodus chapter 20. God said, honor your father and your mother. And for those who may not know a lot about the scriptures, that's the fifth commandment. The first, five, first four commandments are all about our relationship with God. Number one, don't have any other gods but me. Number two, don't, don't make for yourself an idol and worship that idol. N number three, uh, don't misuse the name of the Lord. Number four, uh, have a day that's holy, that's set aside j just for me. So the first four are all about him. But the first one that kind of deals with us is about our moms and dads. 
And God says, honor your father and your mother. Romans ch chapter 12 says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight <clears throat> in honoring each other. That's something that God wants us to do. He wants us to, to honor each other. And obviously that's, that's gotta include our, our, our mamas, right? Gotta honor our moms. Romans chapter 13 goes on to say this, pay to all what is due them, taxes to whom taxes are due, revenue to whom revenue is due, respect to whom respect is due, and then honor to whom honor is due. You can't miss, as you read through the scriptures, that God wants us to honor people, our moms and dads and those that are, are, are due honor. Uh, so today, that's what I want to do. I want to honor all the moms that, that are here today, the, the grandmas who may be over in the venue watching online, listening to uh, this on the radio. Uh, this past week, I, I started thinking about all the pressures that, that moms face. <clears throat> There's pressure to be a good woman. There's pressure to be a good wife. There's a pressure to be a good mom. There's a pressure to, to be a good cook. There's pressure to, to keep your house clean. There's pressure to keep all the laundry washed and, 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 and ironed. There's, there's pressure, you know, to, to keep in shape. There's pressure to eat healthy, get to the club. There's pressure to get your children to, to do their homework. There's pressure to be a good church member, right? Man, I put pressure on you every weekend to read the scriptures. There's pressure on you to memorize the scriptures. There's pressure on you to get into a small group. There's pressure on you to you know, do all kinds of things. The list just goes on and on and on. And so today, what I'm gonna do is, I'm not gonna put any pressure on you. I don't wanna do that. I simply wanna honor you. And the best way I can do that is by sharing with you a few things that God says uh, about you. Much like uh, Christina and Gretchen and the team did over there. Just some of the neat things that the Bible has to, to, to say about you. These are encouraging truths. These are uh, truths that you can easily forget when the pressure's on. When, when you, you walk through your home and there's the pile of clean clothes and there's the pile of dirty clothes and you forgot which pile's which. And so you just go, oh, let's just wash it all again. You know, just do it all again. And then it all gets done and then you gotta iron all the stuff. And, and there's just all the stuff. And sometimes when, when the pressure's on, mom, you can forget about just some of these beautiful, beautiful truths that we see in scripture. And there's, a, it's not a comprehensive list, and, but it's, just, it's a really neat list that I got great joy out of. It blessed me even though I'm not a mom, and so anybody's gonna be blessed by these. But my hope and prayer is that somehow it, it really is a blessing to those of you that are, that are moms here. Um, so here we go. N number one, truth number one. Mom, don't forget that God created you in his image and that he chose you to be a part of his family. 
in the midst of all the stuff that goes on, don't forget this beautiful truth that you were created in God's very, very image and he chose you to be a part of his family. In the very first chapter of the very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, God said this, then God said, let us make human beings in our likeness and in our image and let them rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the tame animals, over all the earth and over all the small crawling animals on the earth. So God created human beings in his image. And if you have uh, been to Big Valley Grace more than once, you've probably heard me read this passage. Because I think it's, a, it's an important passage. It's the only, the only place you're gonna hear something like that is in a church or at least a Bible-believing church, that you were made in the very image of God. You weren't a, a chance meeting of two molecules a billion years ago. You're not, you know, just a little higher up the evolutionary chain than an orangutan. The Bible is crystal clear that you were made in the very image of God. God created everything. He created the, the eagles and hawks and he created, you know, finches and, and he created, you know, beetles and worms and he created porcupines and zebras and giraffes. He created everything. But only we as human beings were created in his image. And that's what makes us special. That's what makes us unique. That's what makes human life um, different than any other life. We call it the sanctity of life. See, human life is, is separate from all other life because we're made in the very image of God. And moms, you, you can forget that when all the stuff is going on. I, 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 I see my wife at times. And, and there's all the stuff going on and the things and, you know, ironing and it's right about dinner time and kids want food and then she's out cooking and, and, and then, then she's doing this and, you know, I'm watching a football game the whole time. You know, it's unbelievable. Um, and I can watch her at times just get frazzled. And there sits her Bible study that she's got to get to, you know, and got all the scriptures she's got to read, and she's got to get prepared for whatever it is. And in the midst of all the action of life, you can forget that, that you were made in the very image of God. He chose you to be a part of his, his forever family. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter two, for we are God's workmanship or masterpiece. He, God, has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he's planned for us long ago. Just a, a really great truth there in Ephesians chapter two. Max Licato said this, he said, quote, you aren't an accident you weren't mass produced, you weren't a, an assembly line product, you were deliberately planned, specifically gifted, and lovingly positioned on this earth by the master craftsman. Isn't that good? That's a truth, mom. That's a truth. 
The Bible says this in Colossians chapter one, for by him, that's God, all things were created. Mom, that's you. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. Isn't that just a, a beautiful truth that we need to hang on to? In the midst of all the stuff that will go on in life, in the midst of all of you know, the good things that we do, man, the casserole turns out great, you know, the, the, the meat turned out great, you didn't burn the mac and cheese, you know. Man, you look around and go, wow, I don't know what happened, my house is clean this week, or the laundry's all done. Or in the midst of when it's just a, a mess, life is just a mess, it's to stop and remember a truth from the Word of God. It's you were made in His image. He chose you to be a part of his, his family. King David said this in Psalms 139, you, God, made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is, is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was ever born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Mom, when, when you were inside your mother's womb, it was God who put you together. And when it was all said and done, and you came out of the womb, masterpiece to him. Now I realize maybe others didn't think that or don't think that, but you were a masterpiece. And by the way, all this is true about your children or your child. Whether you, you know, they came out of your womb or you adopted them or whatever. This is a truth about, about all of us. When you look in the mirror in the morning, moms, and you're getting ready for the day, I, I want you to think about this biblical truth. I, I want you to meditate on it, even if it's just for a moment. I, I want you to remember it. And every time you look at your child or your grandchildren or whatever, I want you to remember this truth. The great prophet Isaiah said, this is what the Lord says, he who made you, who formed you in the womb, all throughout the scriptures, mom, we're, we're reminded of this weighty biblical truth that you're not educated goo. You're, you're not just, you know, a little bit up the, the evolutionary chain from a monkey or whatever. You were made in the very image of God. He chose you to be a part of his, his family. Psalms 100 says, know that the Lord is is God, it is he who made us. We are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Not only are we, you know, a masterpiece in God's eyes, we're made in his image, but we're also his possession. You belong to him, mom. One theologian said, God carries your picture in his wallet. Isn't that good? You see, if, if, if we were to just take a moment here and 
you know, have a microphone and you came up and you took your wallet and you pulled out the pictures in your wallet or the pictures on your smartphone, 99.62% of them are gonna be what? Your kids, your grandkids, because they're the ones that are special to you. In my car, I, I've got a picture of my, my middle daughter and my youngest son. It's from their, their, pick, their, their school. And every year I just kind of stick them on my thing and I get in my car every time I put it in gear, there they are. I get to see them. They're, they're, they're special to, to me because I got their picture. And here's, here's this imagery that, you know, I don't know, you know, God's walking around and when he whips out his wallet, guess what? There's your picture, mom. That's how much he cares about you. That's how much he loves you. He, he's got your picture in his wallet, so to speak. I just thought that was really, really great. God added another thought to this or another layer to this truth through the, the prophet Jeremiah. He said, before I made you in your mother's womb, I chose you. Before you were ever a twinkle in your mom's eye, God knew who you were and he, man, I want, I want that gal right there to be a part of my family. Jesus said it like this in John 15, and um, the, the gals quoted this a little bit earlier. Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but, but I chose you. You were made in God's image, you're, you're his masterpiece, you're, you're, you're his possession, and he chose you to be a part of his forever kingdom. And guess what? When he chose you, he knew that you wouldn't always keep the house clean. When he chose you, he knew, you know, you wouldn't always get the kids to school on time. When he chose you, he, he, he knew you, you, you'd burn the, the pancakes, you know, every now and then. He knew all of that. He didn't choose you, Mom, because you would do it all right all the time. He chose you just simply because he chose you. He wanted you. He wanted you to be a part of his, his family. N -n Number two. Truth number two, mom, don't forget that God loves you deeply regardless of your performance. He loves you deeply regardless of, of whether, you know, at the end of the day, you, you got it all right. In other words, mom, you can't do anything that will make God love you any more than he does right now. There's nothing you can do. Nothing. You, you can't do anything to make God love you any more than he does right now. You can't do it. There's nothing you can do. Which means you can't do anything to make God love you any less than he does right now. Now, you may feel like if you don't do it all right and get it all done at the right time that, man, you know, God doesn't love me or God must think I'm a failure or whatever, and that's just not true. God loves us with what is called an agape love. He just loves us because. 
has nothing to do with how, how good a mom you are, how good a woman you are, how, how good a, a wife you are, how well the clothes are ironed or the food is cooked or the kids get to school on time. God doesn't love you based upon your performance. He just loves you. In Ephesians chapter three, Paul prays this. He says, I pray that from his glorious and limited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. And here's the thought here, as Paul is praying for these believers in Ephesus, in its context, but it's also a prayer for us. See. The love that God has for us is so beyond us, Paul says, this side of glory, you're never gonna fully get it, never. I'm not sure we'll get it fully on the other side of glory, but Paul says, you're never really gonna get the whole thing. But I pray that you would at least get some of it because it's unbelievable the love that God has for you. And maybe, God had Paul write this because we live, you know, with other human beings, and human beings' love tends to be based on performance, right? I mean, if we, as kids, if we, you know, do all the right things, and maybe we get an award in school. If we don't do all the right things, maybe, you know, you spend a lot of time in the principal's office. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do those things but we, we begin to kind of figure things out that if I, if I do all the right things and I get my allowance from my parents. If I don't, well maybe I don't get my allowance. And so what happens is we grow up, and I don't know if it's just our flesh, I'm not, you know, I want, don't wanna go down that path, but we grow up pretty quick thinking, oh, I gotta do all the right things, and that way then everybody will love me and like me and all that. And so then we take that into you know, our married lives as, as husbands or wives or motherhood or how we do all of that. And we can think, well, man, if I don't do all things right, well, maybe my husband or my kids don't love me or whatever. I just thought the video on one plane was super sad to me that you had all these moms. Um, well, let's see. Um, what, am I, uh, what am I good at? Um, and they're, they're, they're trying to figure out what they're good at. I, I, I knew every one of those gals. I could have rattled off 30 things, and here they are. Well, um, not really sure. And then, you know, now all of a sudden they get to hear their kids, which was the beautiful piece. And the Bible is crystal clear, Mom, that God loves you, period. He loves you. It has nothing to do with your cooking skills. It has nothing to do with whether you, 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 know, you eat clean or you go to the club three times a week and you got you know, good forearms or you, you have all the right clothes or you whatever. He just loves you just the way you are.
I was thinking about some of the people in the Bible that God loved. God loved the great apostle Paul. You know, he wrote most of the New Testament. Even though before he gave his life over to Jesus Christ, he was a persecutor of Christians. He, he participated in the killing of Christians, but God's love is, is so wide and so long and so high and so deep that it included him. God loved the great apostle Peter who wrote a couple of books in the New Testament, even though he actually denied Christ. He denied Christ. But God's love is so wide and so long and so high and so deep that it included him. God loved Mark who wrote one of the gospels even though he was on a mission trip with a bunch of people and he got so scared that he ran off and left the rest of the team. He, he, he was a coward. But God's love was so wide and so long and so deep and so high that it included him. King David, who was Israel's greatest king, even though he was an adulterer and a murderer, God's love is so wide and so long and so high and so deep that it included him. Mom, God's love includes you even when things don't go all that well at home. And we can we can allow all the stuff of life to so get us down, and this is true for all of us. Whether you're a guy or a gal, whether you're married or you're not, you can be a teenager and the pressures of life can get to you, and you miss these beautiful biblical truths that we're looking at today. And sometimes it's just good on a day like this to go, okay, let's just see what the Bible says about us. Mom, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter, you know, if you get the dishes done. It doesn't matter if the beds, you know, get made. It doesn't matter if the dishes get washed. It doesn't matter if the kids get to school on time. God's love is so wide and so long and so high and so deep that it includes you. It includes you. God loves you simply because you're one of his children. Now, I know that for some of you, this is a hard concept to... Uh, to grasp because you've got this impression that you gotta be perfect, you know, to, for God to care about you or love you or, or whatever. And, and I want you to know that that's not true. It's just a lie from the pit of hell. And the cross proves it. Romans chapter five says, but God showed his great love for us, for you, mom, by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. The second person of the Holy Trinity came to planet Earth, Jesus Christ, to die for us, even though we were enemies of his. We didn't love him, we didn't like him, crud, I, 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 I didn't even believe in him. I, I used his, his name in vain. I mocked the church. And there's Jesus hanging on a cross, saying I love you. And I don't even believe in him. I don't care about him. I love you. Beloved, Jesus loved the unlovely. He, he loved the unholy. He loved the sinners. In fact, it often got him into trouble with the religious leaders because they didn't love sinful people. They didn't love unholy people. They didn't want to have anything to do with people like that. But Jesus did. In fact, he was known as a friend of sinners. Praise the Lord, because I'm a sinner. 
Praise God he had that name. And by the way, that was kind of a derogatory uh, name that he was given. He's a friend of sinners. He hangs out with sinful people. Women that are whores. People who drink. A, he hangs out with sinful people. Man, I'm so thankful that he hung out with sinful people. Mom, I, I don't care. I, I don't care what you, what you do. I, I know a lot of you. You're great moms and you're great grandmas, you know, or at least when I'm over at the house. It's all done, right, man? Isn't that weird how friends come over and you find the time to get it all vacuumed and some of you have old carpets and you rake it. You, you, some of you still have those. Bless your souls, you, you know? That's still good carpet, I'm keeping it. I had it 50 years. I ain't never getting rid of it. I'm, what would I do with my rake? Come over and everything's done, the dishes are all out and the food's all there. Oh, you're the perfect host, you know? You're good people. Mom, everything's okay. On your good days, your bad days, your ugly days, the Lord loves you and he cares about you deeply. Psalms 145 says, the Lord is righteous in all of his ways and he's loving towards all that he has made. God made you, right, Mom? You were created in his image, and this verse tells us that God is loving towards everything he's made, which means he loves you regardless of your performance. It doesn't say God is loving towards all of those who uh, do everything perfectly. If it said that, then we're all kind of goofed up. But it doesn't say that. He's loving towards everything he has made. And he made you, Mom. God said this through the prophet Jeremiah, I love you people, I love your mom with a love that will last forever. God will never love you any more than he does right now, but he'll also never love you any less than he does right now. Romans chapter eight says this, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our, our Lord. Nothing, there's nothing. There's nothing you can do, Mom. You know Christ as your Savior. There's nothing. He just loves you. Loves you more than you'll, you'll, you'll ever know. Listen to what God said through the prophet Isaiah. Can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if it were possible, I would never forget you. See, I've, I've written your name in the palms of my hands. Now obviously, God doesn't have the names of everybody written in the palms of his hands, but it is a great uh, image that God wanted us to have and see. That that's how much you mean to him, Mom. He's got your name right there. That's how much you care about him. 
One of my favorite thoughts about God comes from Psalms 149. For the Lord takes delight in his people. Mom, listen to me. God takes delight in you. Even though there may, you know, be dust on the, you know, the end table. He, he, he loves you. He takes delight in you. N number three, or truth number three. Mom, don't forget that God cares deeply about what's happening in your life. He cares deeply about what's happening in your family's life. Our brother Peter penned these words, cast all your anxi anxiety on him because he cares for you. That's a truth, Mom. It makes sense that if God created you, chose you, loves you, that he cared deeply about your life, that he cared deeply about what's happening you know, in your family or in your home, but sometimes life can get so crazy that you forget about this great biblical truth. In fact, there are some of you here right now and you don't feel like God cares about you. You don't feel like God cares about your marriage. You don't feel like God cares about your children. You don't feel like God cares about what's happening in your life. But the reality is he does care. There was this uh, great moment in Mark chapter four where Jesus has his guys out on a boat and a big storm comes up. And it says this in Mark chapter four, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and they started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other bo boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. This is, this is a bad situation. The, the Titanic's about ready to go down here. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, they're shouting this, teacher, don't you care? D -d don't you care? Don't you care about what's happening in our lives? Don't you care? One of the things that I love about this story is how brutally honest the disciples were with Jesus. And one of the things that, that I also like about this is Jesus doesn't get up, you know, how dare you guys make a statement like that? I'm the... I'm, you know, God in, in human flesh. I'm the second person of the Holy Trinity. How dare you make a statement like that? He doesn't do that. Mom, listen to me. Jesus is okay with you just coming to him and being brutally honest about what's happening in your life. His shoulders are, are big enough to handle that. Let the disciples here maybe be a, a, a guide to, to you. God, don't you care about what's happening in my marriage? God, don't, don't you care what's happening in my family? God, don't you care what's happening in the life of my teenager? God, don't you care about my finances? God, don't you care about the cancer I have? God, don't you care about you know, our family business? You see, when, when pressures come, 
whatever the pressures are, just pressures being a mom, a wife, a woman, whatever. When the pressures come and they build, the first thing that you can do is go, God doesn't care. I think it's just a part of our fleshly nature. We just immediately go there. God doesn't care. God doesn't care what's going on in my life. He doesn't care what's going on in my family. He doesn't care about my kids. He doesn't care about anything. And that's where we can naturally go. I think that's where the disciples naturally went. Teacher, don't you care? And the answer is, folks, yes, he does care. He cares more than you, you, you could ever imagine. And, and mom, I want you to remember this truth. God cares about you. Lamentations chapter two says, I have cried until the tears no longer come. My heart is broken. Somebody feel that way, probably today. You don't wanna be here, you know why? Because everybody's coming over to your house, it's Mother's Day, and on the one hand, you're excited about it, but on the other hand, there's a pile of clothes you gotta get picked up. There's just more pressure, and you love having the family over. Maybe you're not having anybody over at your home, but you're, you're feeling like this, man. You just, you're just, lots of tears are coming. Listen to what King David said in Psalms chapter six. I'm worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. My, my vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. And, and this guy's a warrior. This is a guy who's got a sword, you know, strapped onto his belt, and he's just a, a killer. And here you find him just sobbing to the point that he's just, his, his, his sheets are, are drenched. And probably every mom here or grandmother here could go, man, I, I've been there. I've been there. In Psalms 42, he said this, day and night I have only tears for food. While my enemies continually taunt me, saying, where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. Psalms 34 says this, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And I want you to know, Mom, if that's where you're at right now, you're just, for whatever reason, lots of tears and, I don't know, depression, you're just bummed about a lot of things, you're never closer to God than when you're weeping. God's very close to you at that moment. Psalms 56 says this, this is great imagery. You keep track of all my sorrows. God keeps track of all your sorrows, mom. You have collected all my, my tears in your bottle. Now obviously God doesn't have a ginormous bottle, but he's communicating something to you, mom. All the tears that you have shed over all the years, he gets it. He goes on and says, you have recorded each one in your book. God has kept a record of every tear that has ever flowed from your eyes. He saw the tears that came when you felt like a failure as a wife. He saw the tears that came when you felt like a failure as a mom. He saw the tears that came when you felt like a failure as a cook or a house cleaner or whatever. God sees all the tears and he keeps a record of them. And not only has he kept a record of them, but he cares about them deeply. He cares. 
Listen to what God said through the, the, the prophet Isaiah. But now, O Jacob, listen to the word, the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, don't be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you go through deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for you, yours because you're precious to me. You are honored and I love you. And moms, I want you to remember that. And number four, let me, let me, let me quickly just say this about number four. Mom, the, the Bible says that God wants you to spend time with him. And, and, and there's no, there's no, um, I don't want you to feel any pressure here. But when you think about this God who made you in his image, he chose you to be a part of his family. He loves you just the way you are, not based upon your performance. He cares about your life. And, and the Bible says, Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. I just, mom, in the, in the midst of all the stuff, don't forget that God's there saying, hey, let's be together. Why don't you come to me? Why don't you talk to me? Why don't you give me all the, the stuff that's going on in your life right now? Tell me about how you're feeling. How you're feeling as a woman, how you're feeling as a wife, how you're feeling as a mom, how you're feeling as a grandma. How are you feeling as a cook, as a house cleaner, as a, whatever, whatever it is, whatever all the stuff is. There was a little brief moment in my life where uh, my first wife had passed away in a car accident and I had a five-year-old at the time. And, um, you know, all, all of a sudden, I recognized what the wisest man in the world said in Ecclesiastes. He says, two are better than one. And, and two are better than one in lots of, lots of ways. And by the way, if you're single here, and maybe it's God's will that you never get married, two are still better than one. And thank the Lord for a church where you can have friends and your small groups and Bible studies where you can be together with others. There, there are other ways of accomplishing two being better than one other than just marriage. But Marriage is certainly one of the great ways where two are better than one because all of a sudden, I got an up close and personal look at all the stuff um, that my wife was doing. And uh, it, it was just brutal. <laughs> it was brutal uh, to get Megan up and try to get her ready for school and try to comb her hair and I became an expert uh, and I probably still am. I was an expert in the ponytail. <laughs> Every day she went to school, she had a ponytail on. Because the last thing she needed was for me to come at her with a hot 
you know, spinner thing or whatever you do to twirl your hair, you know, or a, the flat iron thing, yeah! You know, and so it was just, you know, and I, I could make it up, I could make it down, I could do doolies, I, 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 could do all, I could do things that the average human could never dream of, which is probably why today, she's 23, she would never even put her hair in a ponytail because I've marred her for life. But, you know, putting her clothes on and finally, you know, some good people at the school came and said, hey, listen, why don't you let us look at your wardrobe and we'll color coordinate the clothes because it looks like, you know, this isn't really working and you're, you're coming up with color combinations that, you know, aren't, out there, you know, <laughs> they're not—they're not on the wheel of uh, color co coordinations and uh, yeah, cooking stuff. You know, I—I'm gonna—I'd be dead right now. My daughter would be dead right now if it wasn't for fast food, pizza delivery. Those were made for moments like 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 that. And wow, did I get an up close and personal view of just how important moms are, grandmas are, women are in the life of a family. And I'm not, dads, I, I know some of you are great cooks and you, you can do, I'm not, I, please, I'm not trying to be stereotypical here. I understand the message today, okay? But one of the things that I learned was I had to go to God a lot and just say, man, God, I remember, I remember going to God once and saying, God, I, I'm just fumbling at this mom thing. And, you know, I don't know what it was. But there was this sense within me that, you know what, I don't want you to be a mom. You just be a good dad and you leave the other piece to me. And that, I don't know if I would have heard that if I hadn't come to him and given him all the stuff. It was at that moment that God could speak into my life in a very, very special way. Over in the venue, I want all the moms to stand, all the moms and grandmas, I want you to stand in here right now, okay? And I'm, I'm gonna pray for you, then we're gonna go out and fellowship and all of that, and I just want everybody to know, all the women in here, I, I was up all night baking last night. <laughs> no, you'd all be sick, we'd all there'd be an Ebola outbreak. Uh, but we have these truffle pops that we've got, and. And as you leave, we want every mom to, to pick one up. And for those of you that are, you know, like dads here, and you forgot to get your mom something, no, don't pick one of these up and say, hey, mom, look what I got you. I, you know, walk out here with 12 of them. Yeah, I got you these things. But uh, we've got one for each of you. Father, thank you, Lord, for each of these gals that are standing and standing over in the venue. Blessings on them. Blessings, 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 God. And some are on the front end of motherhood. They're, they're, their babies are, are little. And, and some, Lord, their, their children are older and having babies of their own. But God, all of them are special, Lord, to you. No, nobody here, nobody over in the venue, nobody watching online has done it perfectly. We can all remember very you know, specific moments where we fumbled and we didn't do it right. And, God, somehow, would you replace all those crummy things with these beautiful truths that we looked at today? Lord, thank you for each and every one of them. And I do wanna pray for those gals that are here, and they wanna be mamas. But for whatever reason, Lord, you haven't opened up their womb yet. 
Or maybe they're waiting on an adoption or something. Lord, I pray that your peace would fill each one of them, God. These truths that we talked about today are are true for them too, whether you're a mom or not. Give us a great time as we fellowship together out on the patio and all that kind of stuff. And I pray this in your name. And all of God's people said, amen. Hey, ladies, make sure on the way out you you pick up one of these uh, truffle pops.